millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, I'm going to need to pee really quick before we go on to the next thing. Oh, really? Yes, I do. I had too much water. Pee in a bottle. Shut up. Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies. How you doing, Drea? I'm doing just fine. And you? I'm great. You know, because, you know, I'm a hoe and I do hoe shit. I was wondering. Hoeing all over Hollywood. That's right. uh, What is some of your favorite nude scenes from scary movies? Do you have a favorite nude scene? Well, honestly, what's really disappointing is that there's almost no male uh, frontal nudity until recently, mm-hmm. mid- midsummer, and it. I mean, Antichrist. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't even want to remember that imagery, honestly. Um, but my favorite that kind of felt like it wasn't as exploitative and it was more empowered was Linnea Quigley as Trash in Return of the Living Dead. Mm. Uh, yeah, she's just undressed, dancing around a cemetery. She's hot. And yeah, I'm all for it. Is that the movie where she pierced her titty ball? No, no, no. That's you're ta- you're thinking of Return of the Living Dead three. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Trash didn't have any any nipple piercings. She probably had like a Prince Fred Frederick, or no, you have to have a dick to have a Prince. Prince Frederick? Albert. Albert. Yeah. What is it if you have your your I don't your know about regions? that one. <laughs> you <laughs> I don't know nothing about that shit. You no. know. Uh, I think my favorite again. You said it's not a lot of male nudity, but one that really took me off guard was uh, Killian Murphy in Twenty Eight Days Later, getting to see his uncooked goodies as he wakes up in the hospital. That was seminal for me. I would say. Yeah. I, I was in the theater for that one. You were asleep when no, you. No, I, I was awake for the first half, and then I, and then I was awake for the last half. Thank I was you. I was not expecting Homeboy in Midsummer to show full salchicha. <laughs> full what? You just making up shit. <laughs> uh, so this week on Scream Queen, we're gonna pour one out for India Moore. We're gonna get into the absolute fuckery that is brand new cherry flavor, and we're gonna end with a little death proof for y'all. Take it away. So. Recently, we've got a sequel to Escape Room called Escape Room Tournament of Champions uh, because of the unexpected runaway success of its predecessor. I guess I didn't end up seeing Escape Room in the theater. I caught it later bootleg. But it was we did talk about Escape Room, the first one, because uh, Taylor Russell as Zoe Davis was one of our screen queens because she was a black final girl. And it's on that merit alone that I saw the film. Now, I don't know nothing about escape rooms. I don't do escape rooms. I ain't trying to be trapped in a room with people. So it's not my favorite thing to do. And the thought of it is actually chilly. But um, in 
escape room tournament of champions. The idea is so Zoe and the homeboy who who survived from the first one are in New York trying to take down this shady organization and they get on a Q train, but then the train derails and takes them somewhere else. And it turns out that every single passenger in that train was also a survivor of a different escape room. So India Moore is kind of like the final girl from her own movie that we never got to see. Um, her, her character's name is Brianna, and she survived an escape room that was all influencers. So I kind of want to circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of low key want to see that one. Uh, there could still be a prequel on the way. That's true. And if this franchise knows what's best for it, it would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it worked for A Quiet Place Part 2. Going true, back. true. And Brianna, as the sole survivor, I think it was it hit me extra hard when they took her out because I hate it when they take out Final Girls. Like, that's a puss move. Taking out Final Girls in the, in the sequel is a puss move. I mean, we didn't actually get to see her escape room, but that really made me mad. Plus, they had the doll die by acid rain. She was outside with the chick another survivor from a, a previous escape room who couldn't feel pain. So so she was just there in agony, acid rain on her, and this chick next to her is also dying of acid rain. It's just like, meh. That's rude. That's rude. I mean, she's so pretty, so why were they... It's like, did they have like a vendetta against her that they wanted to take her out? Maybe she wanted to do that and like ugly herself up. Maybe. Because she's so pretty. I mean, I guess like the funnest part to play in a scary movie is probably not the person who survives. Like I I can imagine uh, it it could be funner to play somebody who gets taken out pretty bad, but it was all special effects and it wasn't practical. So it's not like they got to do fun things. But um, I thought that was an interesting choice that I didn't really like, especially because she made it almost all the way to the end. And like... Taylor Russell, homegirl Zoe got into a car, the car door locked, the two chicks were on the outside, acid rain got on them. But this is also notable in giving us Taylor Russell again surviving to the end of the film. So so she does survive. So this is another entry potentially into the, you know, screen queen of the week kind of a thing just because she did survive. Yeah. Um, This franchise is also notable for incorporating Deborah Ann Wall, who reprises her role as Amanda in this film, was also Jessica Hamby the annoying vampire in True Blood. So even though we're going to pour one out for India Moore, this is also a send up for Taylor Russell for surviving yet another escape room, having another notch on her belt as a black final girl. All right. So for our main discussion, we're getting into a series on Netflix it's called Brand New Cherry what Flavor. What the fuck did I just watch, Drea? I told you. <laughs> I don't. So it's based on a novel by Todd Grimson. Mm-hmm. The limited series was created by Nick Antosca yeah. and Lenore Zion. And Nick Antosca, uh, he is notable for... He did the act with uh, Patricia Arquette. He was a showrunner on that one yeah, as well. the act. Channel Zero, Candle Cove. And then Channel Zero... What is the Dream other door? one? Dream Door. Which there were, I think, allusions to Dream Door in Brand New Cherry Flavor. So Nick Antosca, like I, I'm a huge, huge fan. Nobody does horror that really creeps me out today other than like him, um, Ari Aster. And yeah, and really honestly, that's where it kind of stops. But his type of horror, his mixture of uh, sound effects, uh, the sound editing, and then just the way he mixes in gore mm. and Ugh. it's and it's different types of gore he likes body horror it, it's not always so graphic it's it's sometimes it's more like 
I don't know if mystical is the right word, but it's creepy as fuck. And it hits you like in your in your chest. Like it's very hollow. Like it takes the air out of you mm. sometimes the way he can direct a scene. Sure does. So, yeah, this this has like a, a David Cronenberg kind of vibe. Uh, all kinds of new orifices popping up out of places. She <laughs> Hence gets the brand new cherry. Side, she gets fisted <laughs> in her side hole. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? This stars Rosa Salazar and Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener is a fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's They've also worked together on something. I I was looking through Rosa's filmography and I saw that they did an independent film together. I'm like, clearly they had chemistry back then and that's why it worked today and on this film. Uh, I watched it one time. Tommy asked about it and I kind of absorbed it. And then, I don't know, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I wasn't in the right mood for it. And then I watched it all again yesterday and then it made sense to me. And I was like, wait a second, like this has all the elements that it's supposed to have so I think I'm supposed to enjoy this. And and I was right. I just needed to be in the right mood and the right headspace. And I thoroughly enjoyed it much more the second go around. You know, I had a different insight to it than I think I would have if I had watched it in another part of my life. Because this follows uh, Lisa Nova, who is a first-time film director. She comes to Hollywood with big dreams. And Hollywood kind of beats her down. And seeing all of the behind the scenes, like there's like, the producers and the directors and the actors and seeing how they all take advantage of each other, how they all manipulate each other. That's the world that I'm currently entering right now. So it was like interesting to see that side of it. And I just wonder if like Nick or um, or Lenore Zion, the other creator, if they had experience having a film taken away from them like this. Of course. Of course. That's that's Hollywood. Yeah. Beware. You're going to meet assholes, guaranteed. They're all over. Even in Canada, where mm-hmm. they say everybody's so nice. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's Mm-mm. bullshit. And, like, I see a lot of the, the personification of, or, or the the imagining of these different types of, like, witches and zombies and hitmen and supernatural kittens and, you know, all that kind of stuff as, like, being embodiments of a certain type of person in Hollywood. Yeah. Catherine Keener is running shit and just could walk in and out of wherever she wants to walk in and out of the way that they um, they intertwine. Just it's very bizarre. People are interacting. There's things that are not normal that are happening within a normal scene. Uh, Catherine Keener's her appearance alone. She has pointy as toenails. And it's just not, not a fan of it's that. not the look. It's not the look. <laughs> and then she has these henchmen that follow her around. So, yeah, they do represent those that'll follow suit. And follow orders and do as they're told. The main focus is a douchebag Hollywood producer who railroads a woman and her work. That's mm-hmm. really the focus of this. She's an abandoned child. You discover early on her mother abandoned her. You don't know about her father. And, and this guy, he preys on her. He tells her it all looks fine to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the way they want the audience to see it. And then within an instant, he takes that connection that he feels their their partnership that they've built he takes that for something else yeah and then it all shifts right there as men do yeah as his ego got hurt so he had to act out and um so honestly even though her reaction to it she didn't know what was going to come of it Mm -hmm. i understand why she would want to go that direction and and you'd like to hire a witch to put a curse on him uh uh-huh yeah if you if somebody presents you the option Mm -hmm. like i'm like okay if this is this, these options have been presented to me. You took the only thing that matters to me. Also, you don't know I already got some dark shit in me. Yeah. So why not fuck around with it? You know. As I was watching the episodes, and I was watching, you know, their suffering is entwined. 
Yeah, they're both abandoned by their mothers. And they have like, it's something that as like a predator, if you are a predator, you will always have a tether to your prey. And if you want revenge, you'll always be tethered to your oppressor. So it's like they both kind of like bounce off of each other. They're, they're, they can't, it's almost not codependent, but their coexistence is a sort of Mobius strip of pain. Well, I feel more so that it was becoming that, but I think Catherine needed her more than she needed Catherine. Yeah. And so Catherine really was just preying on her mm-hmm. and realized the power in her and was trying to figure it out and harvest that shit. She wanted it for herself. Oh, yeah, because she wanted to jump yeah. bodies. Yeah. So so ultimately, once she found out that this spirit that was contacting her, which, again, that that creepy ass monster, that's such a Nick and Tosca. It really thing. was. Yeah. I saw Channel Zero in all of that. Yeah, it's like the tooth man creature from Dream Door, I believe. Yes. Yeah, once she discovered that was her mother and her mother was just basically telling her, hey, girl, like, you can harness that that darkness and, and fuck this bitch up. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I get why they did it. Also, I can disagree with it. They didn't have to take out Homeboy. Oh, my God. It was so mean. It was so aggressive. <laughs> it was really aggressive. They ripped that man's head they off. They chopped it and then and then twisted it off and then it was really fed cool, off of him. It, it really looked cool. really great. It was really cool, though. But he didn't. He didn't need to die like that. You know, they took out a couple of pretty people. Manny Jacinto yeah. as code. They didn't need to do that to him neither. Yes, yes. He's also currently in Nine Perfect Strangers looking even more fine. <sighs> that man looks so good. He has so like good. a little, little stash I and check the longer internet hair. at least once a week to see if his nudes have dropped. I didn't know <laughs> that he like cleaned up like that. Yeah. Or or scruffed up like that, I should say. Did you, did you recognize the Roy Hardwick character uh, played by Jeff Ward? He was the boyfriend. The movie star? No. Did you see Hacks? Yes. He was the date. Uh, which date? Uh, she spends a night with a guy. The Jean. the young girl. Oh, the young. Uh... She spends a night in a casino with a dude. Oh, he's the guy that yeah. kills himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Because was... immediately I saw him, I was like, I know, I know this butt from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked his character, and I mean, they really had to rub it in, though. He was like, I want to live. I'm like, okay, great. He's going to live then. That scene didn't really quite make sense. Like, why couldn't she harness her energy enough to, like, stop that from happening? It was just a lot. Although when he came in at the end, I thought he was working for Catherine Keener. Because she was like, come on, Roy. And I was like, oh, shit, he's been working for her this whole time. But he did, He wasn't. No, no. As soon as he walked in the room, I was. I got the sense, like, oh, he's not going to leave yeah, this room. Yeah, that, me too. And I was like, damn it. And then her friend Lisa, she didn't have to kill Co. That was just mean and spiteful. But, but, that, but she's just lost her mind, that clearly, one, and understandably so. The one-eyed girl. Yeah. But uh, Lisa kind of did her wrong, too. Oh, she super did her wrong. But she also wasn't completely in her right mind when it, when it happened. They were both on peyote. Yeah. But she left her there. She didn't, like, try to reconcile or anything so like that. So the short film that Lisa was known for, uh, she and the actress did peyote, the actress ripped out her own eyeball on film and ate it. And that's why she carries a grudge against Lisa and teams up with Catherine Keener. Mary. Mary. Mary Gray. Um, yeah, that happens. And and that scene's really pretty cool. <laughs> what did you think of Tarantula Boner? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was really funny. Tarantula Boner was really good. Um, all the shit that happened to Homeboy, the hiccups, the... The combustion. The director the, getting set on fire. Yeah, when she freaking set his ass on fire, that was cool. <laughs> there are some really great moments. 
oh, oh, we haven't talked about the fucking cats. Oh, my God. All the cats that she throws up. So this bitch is throwing up cats <laughs> to give to Catherine Keener. And I'm not making this up. It is the weirdest, grossest thing. And then she's like, I'm not throwing up cats no more. So then one comes out of her side. Oh, no, no. So, no, she develops a brand new cherry, a new vagina on her side. And... And then homeboy, uh, Roy Hardaway, he he fingers, Finger he fists. And then he fists it. He fists it. <laughs> that was the weirdest scene. It was hot. Kind of reminded, it reminded me of David Cronenberg. It was very Cronenberg, but it was Remember, gross. Have you ever seen Crash where uh, Rosanna Arquette lets, have you ever seen Crash? The, the good one that by Cronenberg. There's a scene where Rosanna Arquette, she she like has been in so many car accidents that she's like all, she has this like S&M harness like bustier that she wears and then she, if she opens up parts, you can see like all the intricate scars on her legs, and she like lets this man touch all over her scars. It's really hot, and that's what it reminded me. <laughs> yeah, he was fingering her scar. Her, no, it was not a scar. Oh, oh, that's oh, you're talking metaphorically. About yeah, yeah, fingering her. Yeah, it's but yeah, it was a brand new cherry, and they had a good time with it. I was all for it. It was it was fun. At one point, I think it was over the end credits or something like that. Uh, or no, it was maybe it was at the beginning. I can't remember when it was, but there was a scene where all of her, all of Catherine Keener's minions were feeding while um, another day for you and me in paradise cover was playing, and I was like, that's kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. There was beautiful choices in music, like really subtle. They didn't overdo it. Ooh, one of the scenes that got me the most actually was when he was like when homeboy Lou was jamming his ear with a Q-tip. That just like something about that just kind of like felt it inside my body. Yeah. Uh, what about the worm scene? Oh and- my god, there is so much gross shit in this TV series. <laughs> but we didn't really like. You guys don't understand like the cats in this movie. And the very first shot you see is a cat rolling around in the desert, and you don't you don't even understand like what that's foreshadowing to. It's so disgusting when she's throwing up these cats and like and then you find out she just eats the cats. She she just takes their essence and she eats them. And that's all they're that's what they're for. She just gets some cat blood around <laughs> um, like Lisa is she suffers a lot. Oh, yeah. She gets her ass beat. beat. And, that, and that scene was so graphic. It was it brutal. Kind of took me back to freaking irreversible yeah. that hallway scene really it really scared me because like um one of Catherine's minions was in the back oh the the dude's son Lou's yeah, son Zachary. what happens is the tarantula bites his dick his dick gets hard it can't go down and then that kind of turns him into a zombie somehow um but he's watching as Lisa's getting her ass beat by a guy that Lou has hired to kill her I thought he was going to intervene yeah I did too thought he was going to be her bodyguard or whatever but he didn't do anything so Lisa gets healed in a milk bath. Some kind of bath. Some kind of bath. Yeah, it's a special kind of milk. Uh, Semen? <laughs> is that what you're going for? All the food that she kept making her eat stews. And then she was like, mm, this is kind of good. I'm uh, Some of those stews look good. Those those like witchy broth stews. I'm like, I'd eat some of that shit. Yeah, yeah, I'd fuck with that. I'd I feel eat- like you, you, you delivered me a few in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, uh, yeah. You felt a little different afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was really... I think really heavy on the body horror, of course, but then I think there was a lot of metaphorical significance, not just in like the players in Hollywood, but also just like this idea of like what you lock inside yourself, you know, because she has that trap door and it wants to get out. Right. And it keeps bumping up. It wants whatever's in the trap door wants to get out. She but, wanted to get in first. Right. Remember, as soon as she saw it, she opened it. But then she puts this like huge chest of drawers over it. Yeah. And then there's that really cool scene when her, I guess, like mother's spirit 
reaches out to her and then touches Catherine Keener and like scars her face. So she decides to go into the trap door. And I didn't fully understand the chair thing. Yes. The Jaguar chair thing. I didn't get that either. No, okay. that was right over my head. I was like, okay. And then Catherine I looks at her and it. is like, oh, look, look what look they've what done you to you. Are. Yeah. No, I'm like, I was like, what did I miss? I don't know. <laughs> I think you actually have to be on peyote to get that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, y'all are doing a lot with this. Probably made way more sense in the book. Like, mm-hmm. in the, yeah, it was, but uh, I don't know what the shit that was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize it was a book until this morning, so I haven't, I didn't get the chance to like look it over no. and read it or anything like that. Uh, so last I'd be interested. Night I was rewatching. I was like, oh, this is a novel. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how the adaptation goes. Yeah, but I think, I think it's really successful. I didn't quite get everything. It didn't really care what I wanted. It gave me what it wanted. Like I wanted Roy to live. I wanted her to be happy with him. But I think at least she gets a little bit of redemption because at the end we find out that she's going to see her mother or she's at least she's going to well, Brazil. I think it's incredibly successful based on my second viewing. And I think that that ending, I didn't like the ending the first time. The second time I saw it, I was like, oh, this ending is so special because what happens is right after she leaves and watches Roy get killed, she goes to this dinner and they're giving her everything. This is your movie. However you want it to work, we'll get the contracts right. And that other motherfucker is not going to be a part of this ever again. And she has the choice right there. Mm-hmm. And she chooses to go home. That's right. And get the fuck out of there. That's right. And that is such a strong decision because most people would go ahead and keep falling into that trap. When shit is handed to you, like, why wouldn't you? But if you went through the the week that she had gone through, you probably would be running too. <laughs> yeah. But you also understand, I think she she started to understand the difference between a want and a need. Mm-hmm. Like she really wanted to have her film made. She really, really wanted to be a director. But what she needed to do was go home. Yeah. And that film, it really wasn't just hers. And somebody was hurt because of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I think her choice to leave was strong and if you want to think forward like maybe she's making films in brazil and who knows what do you think turned you off on your first viewing i just wasn't in the mood you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like talking that's going on and if you're really not paying attention it's not something you can just be on your computer and doing shit with like you have to actually be be paying attention yeah and the second go around, I was like, oh, OK, so this makes sense because of this. And it all just it all came together. Like I could probably watch the show again. Like, yeah. Because I liked it a lot. I did, too. And I would like to see it again just to see if there's a way that the chaise in the trap door makes any sense. Yeah. That's the <laughs> only part that I was like, eh, huh. Um, but yeah, it was quirky and fun. I liked all the characters. There was like this Daryl Hannah character or a soon to be Daryl Hannah character. And she just wore bandages on her face and she looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's like a lot of off kilter shit like that. And it's very Hollywood where people just kind of act however they want to act. And if you have the nerve to do so, people will kind of just go along with it. You Mm -hmm. know. So do you think the title is because she got the side hole? Yeah. Okay. Brand new cherry. (laughs) What else is it? What else you got? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call Channel Zero like super indie, you know, because it was like. It was pretty indie. But but I'm glad that Nick has the opportunity to do this on this platform. Channel Zero was very indie. Because like a lot of people are seeing him for the first time in brand new cherry flavor. And it's gotten a lot of really good press. You know, it's gotten a lot of people saying it's like, you know, the perfect fall horror binge. Um 
and because it's on Netflix, we do have the opportunity to like see them one after the other as if it was like an eight hour extended film. And there's sometimes like I feel that hour longs can get a little bloated with story. And this felt perfect. Yeah, it it just flowed really nice Um, on a mainstream platform. You getting to see Nick do what Nick really does well with the act on Hulu. I think that was another time when people got to see his work, but that wasn't really his story. Yeah. He got to put his element on it and you could see, and I've, I definitely felt the Nick Antosca vibe on that too. It was just like eerie and off and, and that way that he does. Um, but yeah, Catherine's amazing. Uh, she could make me puke cats whenever she wants. Mm-hmm, <laughs> So I guess give me now, a brand new cherry. I don't mind. Oh, you know what? Get yours. So the the implication is like now, I guess if they want to do a season two, Catherine Keener, her essence is now in Patch Girl, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a limited series. I think this is the perfect, I think eight episodes to tell this story is perfect. I'm not saying this should be a season two, I'm, but I'm just saying like if it was, that's probably yeah. who it would be. But then I don't know if I'd want to watch it as much because it's not Catherine Keener. Yeah, no, it's not the same story without her. Mm-mm. So unless she found a way to rejuvenate herself, it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, well, we definitely recommend brand new cherry flavor, and it tastes really good. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up the show the way we do every week with our scream queen, Andrea. Who have you chose? Whomst? have you chosen this week we're gonna cover death proof and our girls are rosario dawson tracy toms and zoe bell as some badass bitch stunt drivers mm-hmm. um i rewatched it again last night and again this morning this movie excites the fuck out of me yeah it was really i remember good. when i saw it in the theater it was a double like, feature wasn't it yeah it played with uh planet terror I saw it at the drive-in, actually. Oh, sweet. But yeah, there was joy in my heart, honestly, like watching these chicks like race around in cars and like really handle their shit. They really put the spotlight on Zoe, who was really doing all her own shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to see women of color like featured also. Yeah. Um, now, they did do my girls, especially my girl, Sydney, yeah. <laughs> and it, like at the beginning, Miss Sydney Poitier. Ooh, that's so mean what they did to her pretty ass legs. I didn't. Oh, man. You know, when you saw that leg hanging out. the. You know what? You know what made this trio of final girls so satisfying is that we spent the first half of this movie with a different group of girls in this other team. And you and you like them so much. That interesting conversations They had like a little rivalry, friendly. Yeah, you're you're finding out about the, the relationships via text and what's going on there internally and. So I felt really emotionally invested in mm-hmm. our in the first group of characters mm-hmm. who were summarily destroyed. Oh, yeah. Uh, homegirl got her face run off. Other girl, she got straight up dashboarded. And other girl went straight through the, the windshield. Oh, man. It's, it was a lot. And that lady I think leg I came went, off. I think both their legs came off some mm. kind of way. Like it went this way. And then they only showed one hit the thing, but it looked like two came off. It was rude. Because they had this, this extended banter with Kurt Russell, right? Kurt Russell. In the first half of the movie. Kurt Russell plays stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike, yes, and and he's a little brooding and a little disconcerting and a little odd. Uh, not no little. He's he's brooding, disconcerting, and odd. Very All odd. of these things. <laughs> and uh, Rose McGowan gets a ride home with him. Yeah, 
Also, it really hit me this time, that line, um, sorry, I'm not built like a black man. <laughs> when she says that shit, I have to remember, like, you didn't write these lines. Uh-huh. And and then the lines of, like, Eli Roth in that bar and, like, we just need to get these bitches drunk and give them Jägermeister. Like, you're playing that role way too well, I know. Eli. You like that. A l- you, you're a little bit too comfortable saying the, with those mm-hmm. words coming out of your mouth. Uh-huh. I had to remind myself, okay, Rose, that's not you. <laughs> Um, also, Harvey and Bob Weinstein's names all, you know, on the front of this, because, of course, we know Quentin mm-hmm. w- was best buds with them. Mm-hmm. Problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So she had beef with they went to she went to high school with those girls with Sydney or Jungle Julia. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting name. <laughs> Jungle Julia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, well, I get it. Exploitation. Why they do it. But, you know, there's definitely some moments in there. I'm just like. I don't know how would this hold up today, and really? how would these actresses really would they would they really want to play these roles or say these lines? Yeah, some of these would might have to I get a few edits. Um, it was so, two thousand and seven. Uh, yeah, just people could get away with shit. Things were coming to a head. Um, homegirls are taken out. Now we're with the new batch of girls. Well, because it turns out that stuntman Mike has a fetish for. Killing women, car oh, crashes. Yeah. He he kills them all, and all uh, right, he kills Rose McGowan, and and then goes right after the girls, and then kills them on the way to their lake house trip, and then the the sheriff from Kill Bill and his nephew, they are at the hospital, and they are aware of him, and because he's been doing this shit before, mm-hmm. or or at least based on this accident, they have an idea like this is vehicular manslaughter, and they have an eye on this fool. 14 months after the accident, he finds a new group of girls. <laughs> He's like playing with Rosario's feet. Ugh. And Because uh, Quentin does have a thing for feet. Yes, he does. I'm like, if he's willing to like put that out in his movies, like imagine what he does behind closed doors. I know. Ugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they have this idea to get a, a Dodge Challenger from the movie The Vanishing Point, and they want to recreate this iconic scene. And... And they leave Mary Elizabeth Winstead as like bait. That's really problematic when they just leave her with this like really rapey dude Mm -hmm. at this barn. They totally like just abandon her and you never see her again. (laughs) I was like, okay. And she's in a cheerleading cheerleader outfit. And they told her she's out there to shoot a porn. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow. You got y'all just set your girl up. That's great. Um, So they take like some. If you haven't seen this movie, you know what I'm getting into. But they take belts and they take one of Rosario's Prada belts and uh, they strap it to each side of the car and then some kind of way homegirls just like like a hood ornament basically and they're driving around and just being badass bitches and also stupid but pretty badass yeah and then all of a sudden here comes Kurt and he's crashing into the back of him and terrorizes the fuck out of them and almost kills Zoe but she's a stunt woman and he didn't know he was running after mm-hmm. and so they shoot his ass and then they chase his ass. And then, and it's the best chase ever. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fucking fun. So much shit talking. Like, oh, I'm going to tap that ass. I'm up there. It was so satisfying. I mean, I was right there. I don't know. I was anxious when they were anxious, but I was angry when they were angry. You know what I mean? I was righteous when they were righteous. It was like a nice, a nice remedy to a really hard truth in the first half. Yes, yes, yes. And Kurt really plays into the whiny, just shitty piece of whatever he is uh individual that he is as soon as he gets shot he's just like such a bitch about it and he's crying like the whole time 
Mm-hmm. And then they they fucking sideswipe that motherfucker, chase him down, and finally, after an epic epic chase, they get him out of his car and they beat the shit out of him. Rosario kicks his head in, and that that right there was just like hell yeah, yeah. This, this this is my kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it was like. I don't have to actually act these things out. I can watch this movie and feel some kind of satisfaction. Well, there's something about the triumph of these girls that is kind of what we like about all of our scream queens. Mm -hmm. Most all of them anyway, is that, you know, they're beset upon and they have to develop or find or flex their inner strength in order to get over the bad guy. And like, I think scary movies are quite heroic in that way because... I mean, the good, the ones like this, the ones with this kind of final girl, because like you do get to overcome the obstacle. You do get to outwit the oppressor, you know? So death proof squad. I I don't know why we don't have more shit like this. And I want it female directed. Yeah. We don't need Quentin Tarantino to direct. No, he's good. He did his thing. He's fine. Retire. Bye. Thank you for listening to Scream Queen. We are produced by Kenya and Alex at Domino Sound. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. And this is Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y on the gram. And in the scary movie of your life. You better. Scream Queen. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.